everybody. Welcome to the Basis Points Podcast. I'm Kevin Flanagan, Head of Fixed Income Strategy at Wisdom Tree Asset Management. I have with me three distinguished colleagues from, Windus, uh, from Wisdom Tree. First, Jeff Weniger, Head of Equity Strategy here in the U.S., Nitesh Shah, Head of Commodities and Macroeconomic Research in Europe, and Annika Gupta, Director of Macroeconomic Research also in Europe. We recently collaborated on a new piece called The Global Edge, which you can find on our website, www.wisdomtree.com, titling it Navigating the Uncharted Waters Between Growth and Inflation. And really what we were doing was you know, trying to establish what's going on in the global central bank community. Certainly, Powell and company here in the U.S., the Fed have been leading the charge, and it seems as if most central banks are following suit on that front. And we've gotten to the point now where a U.S. 10-year Treasury is on the precipice of 4%. But Jeff, I wanted to start with you first. I mentioned most central banks are following Powell's lead. What central bank per se is not following the Fed's lead? <laughs> oh, you teed me up perfectly right there. Yes, absolutely. This is something we're calling the reverse currency war. Canadians are in the war. The Americans are in the war. The Europeans, the Brits, the one that is not among the major developed central banks playing along with essentially trying in desperation, I would point out, to raise interest rates to stay along the same lines as Jay Powell is the Bank of Japan. Now, the BOJ did late last week come in and try to sell dollars to, de to defend what is essentially looking like maybe a line in the sand at the exchange rate of 145. 145 would be uh, essentially where the yen was in sympathy with the Asian contagion back in 1998. So those are 24-year lows that were hit in that defense. But nonetheless, they're not playing along because we still have on overnight money at the BOJ negative 0.1, even though there seems to be the Fed targeting maybe a four handle sooner rather than later here in the United States on overnight money. And of course, also very, very notable with respect to when you're thinking interest rates from the BOJ or from Japan in general, the oh so famous yield curve control pinning 10-year JGBs at 25 basis points. You know, Kevin, we've been talking at length every time you turn around, our own 10-year T-note is rising 10 basis points here, 20 basis points there, to the point where we're suddenly around four here on our own longer maturity stuff, holding the line over in Japan at 25 basis points. So it's been a big, big margin that has opened up between relative interest rates in these two countries. Japan, as as you insinuated, Kevin, the, the lone major economy not battling the reverse currency war. Thanks, Jeff. Nitesh, let me let me turn to you. Um, let's go to the other side of the globe here and, and look what's going on in the Eurozone. We, we've recently had, of course, action from the ECB, the Swiss National Bank, the Bank of England. I mean, we, we were keeping our comments more to, to the big three for the most part, the Fed, the ECB, uh, and the Bank of Japan. But, you know, what is the situation in Europe? I mentioned the title of the piece was Navigating Uncharted Waters Between Growth and Inflation. And and I wanted to get your opinion, and then I'm going to go to, to Annika after that. So what are we seeing in Europe? Do you think Lagarde and company are going to be following pretty much right after Powell what we're doing? Jeff mentioned, you know, the Fed seems surely on its path to 4% or greater in Fed funds. Should we be expecting 
the ECB to move in a lockstep fashion. I'm not saying going to 4% with respect to rates, but just the tightening in general, just the aggressive nature we're seeing from the Fed. Yeah, so the ECB has uh, signaled it will move aggressively higher with interest rates. Um, you know, in Europe, there's also a, a big inflation problem. Um, it, it's, it's extremely large, and the central bank with its mandate uh, which is, you know, as not as balanced as it is with the Fed. It doesn't need to look at the unemployment rates, etc. Um, it is going to be focused on stamping out that inflation, and therefore rates will rise. But it's unlikely to raise it at the same degree of aggression um, as the as the Fed. Um, the the starting problem is somewhat different. The growth background in uh, Europe is is a lot weaker, and therefore raising rates too aggressively will tip the uh, European economy into a recession, which is more or less likely to happen anyway. But uh, that 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 recession could be a lot more uglier um, if it does follow in lockstep with the Fed. So, so Annika, on that note, um, it, it appears as if I, I think our thought process, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you know our good rock and roll Hall of Fame band, the Kinks, used to have a song called "Living on a Thin Line." And that certainly seems, I think, where where Powell is, where the ECB and Lagarde are. Do you think they can continue? Not the Fed. Let's talk about the ECB or Europe, the Eurozone for a minute while I have you guys on. Do you think they can walk that thin line or ultimately the economy, if it's not already, is going to tip into a recession? And what would that mean for, say, Eurozone equity markets and on the commodity front? Yeah, that's a great point, Kevin. Um, you know, as Nitesh mentioned, uh, Euro Europe has started on a much weaker growth footing compared to the US. Uh, but unfortunately, given the, you know, the proximity of Europe to the Russia-Ukraine war, that's just complicated our inflation story altogether. And hence, we are, you know, faced with a situation where we've come out of the COVID um, uh, lockdown period with some strong momentum. Yet, we are faced with extremely high inflation. Uh, just to give you an example, this week we're expecting inflation to hit another record high of 9.7%. Uh, you know, some economists are even expecting 10%. Um, and hence, you know, you've got Lagarde facing a really difficult um, balancing act where, you know, we know that growth is going to start to falter. And at the same time, um, you know, we've got these very high inflation prints that we need to battle. So I think moving into year end, we're going to see a much more aggressive um, uh, European Central Bank alongside a more aggressive Bank of England. Um, and, you know, in terms of the implication on equities, if you look at European equities uh, and compare that to U.S. Uh, as well as Japan, China, European equities are trading at the steepest discount versus uh you know global counterparts uh if you look at if if you look back 10 years and hence it does open some significant opportunity uh given this sharp discount so investors who are looking over the long term do have an opportunity to tap into european equities especially in uh you know more value oriented sectors that are offering you m much higher dividend yield and that could provide you with some insulation uh, you know, at a time when rates are rising globally. Thanks, Annika. I think the best way to wrap this up here, we'll come back 
um, to the other side of the Atlantic here into the U.S. And, and you know, Jeff mentioned, as I said before, a four percent or a four handle on the Fed funds rate. Well, you know, you, you got to ask yourself the question. It looks like the U.S. Treasury market wants to follow that and have four handles essentially across the board. Right now, if you look at a, a 12-month bill, so let's say a one-year maturity, all the way out to the 10-year. The 10-year is flirting with 4% as we record this. It appears to be that is the path of least resistance. Where we are going here is still higher rates and concern of an overshoot, I think, uh, on that front. And obviously, we've seen how that's played out for the U.S. equity market as well. But you know, what's interesting, we've talked about income coming back into fixed income. And, and I think we're, we're seeing that not just here in the U.S., but also when you're looking at, at BUN levels over 2%, you're looking at Italy 10-year uh, government sovereign paper, you know, trading in the 470s as we talk to you today. So certainly the world has changed in terms of the investment landscape of, of where investors can be looking for income, how interest rates are playing a vital role in that process, you know, and, and we're reverting back to a scenario I think that a lot of investors and market participants are, are not used to, A, or B, for those of us who have been around a little bit longer, haven't seen in, in, in 10 or more years. I mean, that, this is what we're talking about here, some significant noteworthy developments in the bond markets throughout the globe and the impact that central banks are playing on that front. And it's not just happening here in the U.S. And and that's why I wanted to get, to get Jeff's comments of what we're seeing in Japan, kind of like the outlier. And, and Itesh and Annika giving some great insights as to what we're seeing in the Eurozone and in the U.K. And we just have to stay tuned. I, I think we're all in agreement here that this is going to continue to play out, that central banks other then the Bank of Japan are going to continue to move us higher. So with that, I'm going to sign off and thank Jeff and Natasha and Annika for joining me on the podcast. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. And before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at wisdomtree.com. Read it carefully.